Welcome to this week's Monday meeting. Today is September 14th, 2020. Monday meetings are a chance for motion designers all over the world to connect and ask questions, share inspiration, or hear presentations and interact with industry leading artists on an equal playing field. Your host today is Mark Sinusia and Liam Clisham. And our topic is welcome back. Now my son has joined us in the room. <laughs> um, Mark, why don't you take over and I'll see what he needs. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, welcome back. Welcome to season, we've deemed this season four of Monday Meeting. Never really decided that it would be seasons, but rather than doing one every single Monday every year, uh, it's good for us to take breaks and break it up a little bit. So this is now season four. We've got... Liam and I talked a little bit about, you know, Monday meetings and just all the different podcasts and shows and all the shit that is going on in our industry. And we kind of made a, a decision to change up Monday meeting just a little bit where in seasons past, we would, you know, try to hit the hour long mark and, you know, you know really try to push through some, you know, kind of lame discussions and stuff just to like hit a time frame. And now we're, we've just kind of decided like if we're 20 minutes in and no one's really talking and it doesn't really, you know, nothing's really coming of it. We're just going to end the call. Like there's no reason to like force an hour long meeting per se. Um, and there's just so much content out there now too. Like even my podcast feed, there's just, it's hard to keep up with. So you know, even if we have some short ones, you know, those might be good. Um, in the past two, we've always talked about software and plugins and freelance rates and, you know, salary rates and this, that, and the other. And there's plenty of platforms for those conversations, more on the software plugin side of things. Um, and I think where our platform really starts to take off is the, when we all get involved and we're all talking about something, you know, like we don't need another outlet for someone to talk about the latest plugin or the latest software. So we'll let some other people handle that. And, you know, it still might come up in conversation and it's great, but I don't think those would be kind of jumping off topics, if you will. Um, and yeah, I mean, really the new plan for the meeting is there's like really no plan. And that's kind of always been our deal. But for the most part, like I think the discussions that come out of a lot of these meetings have been really great. And hopefully we can foster more of those. Um, and, you know, if it's just not working, everyone's busy, you know, there's not much interaction. Cool. We'll just end it. No big deal. Um, so with that being said too, you know, we want to open it up to the community and have anyone who's interested in hosting one of these host. So if you are interested at all and want to become, you know, either a guest host or, you know, kind of a, a regular host that comes in and, you know, maybe hosts once a month or so, let us know. Um, you can hit us up on any of the social platforms or shoot us an email info at mondaymeeting.org. And uh, let us know if you want to host because, you know, the more, um, the more hosts we have, I think the better discussions we'll have. And, you know, we'll just have um, different, you know, kind of topics and I don't know, just it, it will be a good thing. And, and really going off the back of that is if you do have any feedback or criticism or anything, please, please let us know. 
Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get more people from the community involved. So again, info at mondaymeeting.org or DM us on any of the social stuff. Um, with that being said, one little last thing of kind of newness, I would say, and I'm going to let Liam kind of talk about this because um, he did all the legwork on setting it up is that we do have a new Patreon page. Yeah, so kind of stem from the idea that we've been doing these daily calls. And I think someone on the daily call even offered it up. I think it was you, George. I was like, when can I start <laughs> paying some money to help you guys out with this? And I was like, I, I didn't really give that any thought. So um, in short, we have started the super cheap Patreon for like a dollar a month if you just want to support us. And basically like we've already hit one of our goals, but $20 a month covers our Zoom accounts for this, which is great. And like you guys have already done that, which is super awesome. Um, and then if we can get to 50 bucks a month, that basically covers Zoom, the website hosting, URL every year and everything too. So um, we've got $1 tier, we've got a $2 tier. And so the difference is $1 is just like, hey, thanks most uh, Monday meetings for doing this. $2 tier is these daily calls. We're gonna start making them a little bit more privatized. So if you wanna be a part of a community that's on a call every day, get feedback on work, uh, ask for help, and figure out how to tackle a comp or something. That's what we've been doing on these daily calls. And it's kind of just like a nice hangout session. Um, so going forward, if you do the $2 pledge, then you'll get an access code from that. Um, this week's kind of a transitional week because we're just now rolling it out. So the daily call is going to be open to everyone going forward until next week. And then if you sign up for this $2 Patreon, you'll get a link. That said, when Mark and I started this, we never really came into this to be making money. So if you're a listener in a region that like even two bucks is super expensive for you, please reach out to us and we'll make it work. Like it's not, it's not about the money for us. It's just like, we, we can't keep paying for this out of our pockets all the time. So just like anything to offset that is our goal. Um, but if you want to be a part of the daily call and you don't have the money, just let us know and we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and to reiterate both tiers, $1 or two whole American US dollars. Thank crazy. you. <laughs> I mean, that's like 20 Canadian pesos. So yeah, where's Noah to do the, the conversion for us? Yeah. I think Evan. I mean, Evan's on the call. He's Canadian. Oh, that's right. There you go. We're probably at like 228, I would say, for Canadian. Say in the chat. So yeah, that's the whole thing with Patreon. We're not gonna like push it on you really hard every week and everything. We're, you know, we're not like some fancy YouTube channel. It's just like if you got an extra dollar or two a month and you've been hanging out with us for a while, we'd really appreciate it just to kind of offset those costs. Um, what else? And thanks to everyone who's already become a Patreon. Yeah. Um, awesome. As I was saying, like we, we already hit our $20 goal and I was expecting that to take like at least a month for people to even donate. Like, well, not donate, but I guess pledge a dollar a month. Um, and people have been doing way more than that, way quicker. So that's awesome. So thanks everybody. Um, and I think the only other note we have is that if you are 
familiar with the MoGraph industry, Alan Lasseter had a stroke this past Tuesday, so there's a GoFundMe going on right now. Um, they, I think, are definitely going to meet their goal and probably exceed it. But if you're not familiar with it, I just put the link in the chat, and I think what it was it. Yeah, they've time. smashed the goal already. Ooh. They're at twenty-one thousand wow. of fifteen thousand dollars. So yeah. thank you all to the uh, the community for supporting that. There's a lot of familiar names on the donator list, and really, really awesome. Um, yeah. So Liam, I was just also saying at the beginning here that we're you know, trying to do it a little bit differently and not necessarily have like, maybe we'll have a topic or something, but more or less like it's just really trying to kick up more of the discussions and, and now moving the time to this new time at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, 7 p.m. UTC, hopefully yeah, we'll George. be able to get a little bit more, uh, we should be able to, get more people involved, hopefully. So if this is your first Monday meeting, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, and it's good to see some familiar faces too. So with that yeah, being said. The only thing that I really had in mind for besides like going over what the new season entails and stuff is kind of just like, what has everyone been doing <laughs> this summer? Cause like it, it's been what, two months or so since yeah. we did this. So, um, Anyone have anything exciting they want to talk about or not exciting? Bad news is okay too. If you need to like get some shit off your chest, but what's up, Julie? I just saw you popped in. Hi. Yeah. I'm like super busy, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I like, I haven't, I've been so out of touch. I've been off Slack a lot. Um, it's weird how like, despite, you know, pandemic and quarantine and all that, I'm still, I quickly, um, I don't know, I've been like over socially connected in a weird way. And I've had to like pull back or maybe it's just like, I don't have the usual um, multitasking focusing ability I usually have, where I can do all the things and still work and stuff. It's like, it takes more of my brain to just get like the daily tasks done. So I have had to be a lot more intentional about my time. That being said, I totally miss like the Monday morning group here, you know, so, or Monday meeting. Um, it's not the morning anymore, Monday afternoon, you know. Um, I don't know, I, I'm, I, I cannot figure out what, what, I, what, my, what is going on with me. All I know is that like, as much as, you know, we often like as freelancers often like overbook ourselves and double dip and do all that too much, like I, I, I'm having an even harder time with that right now. It's like, I'm just at, like very reduced mental capacity. I'm like, okay, I gotta set. So this week I'm kind of still jammed, but I'm trying to tone it down. And I say that all the time, like the same struggle I'm always having, but I would say 2020 has really put it to the test, you know? Because obviously there's been way more like stuff to deal with, you know, this year. And that with a normal, you know, MoGraph or workload has just been like, not okay, so. Lots of personal uh, discovery happening for me, I'll say, I guess, right now. Yeah. I, like, you would think you would be off social media a lot more. And I think it's because we're all stuck in our house or homes and we kind of 
are trying to live more vicariously through someone, like please like let someone out there be doing something interesting besides watching Netflix. And I think that's why I keep scrolling through social media more and more. Um, but I had to do the same thing. Like I, I took Slack off my phone um, and I had to put it back on because I need it for a project. But <laughs> took it off. Um, Facebook's gone from my phone. Twitter was gone, but I brought it back because I got tired of scrolling through the same stuff. So I was like, I would just bring Twitter back. Um, but yeah, I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying, Joe. Like, it's, everything's weird right now. It's been weird for the whole year. Yeah, I think, like, you know, the, um, when we all left off, I guess, back in June, was it June? Jeez, July? I forget our last meeting, but anyway, you know, eight years the, ago, <laughs> the work from home stuff was like, you know, s- people were still kind of getting used to it and stuff. And now I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like every single one of my clients, every single one of the, like artists that I've been working with, like this whole COVID thing just made everyone take a fucking chill pill. <laughs> and it was like, cool. If you need to work at 11 o'clock and like people are just way more flexible now, you know? And in terms of like, yeah, it's sure deadlines are deadlines, but like, I don't know. It just seems to me that everyone that I've talked with, you know, the whole range of people, everyone's just holding on for dear life in a way (laughs) and like trying to figure it out. So like, you know, if you are just off social for a bit or you're, you know, working odd hours, whatever, it's like totally acceptable now. Whereas I feel like even six months ago, we were like kind of privy to that. We're like, yeah, you know, you can work late at night and blah, blah, blah. But like now I think it's really come into the general workforce. And so that's, I think, allowed me to like kind of handle this COVID stuff a little bit better in terms of, when my son's at home instead of being at school and when my whole family's around and I'm, you know, they're knocking on the door and I'm in here trying to do stuff. I'm like, all right, well, I should probably just take a little break and go out. Like if I have to work super late tonight, I will, you know, but like, I don't know. I guess it was just like kind of the permission that, okay, it's, it's okay to have your schedule all over the place, you know? And like, to me, that just seems like a lot more comforting and has allowed me to just, if I feel overwhelmed, like take a deep breath, like everyone's going through shit and I'll get it done, you know? Um, but, you know, talking or referring back to what Julie was saying too, like, I think just, I don't know, it, it's been good to have everyone kind of go through this together globally in a way, right? So... It's interesting that you said permission because like we should always like feel permission to like take a step back and relax, but like we don't let ourselves do that typically. Um, Especially those of us that try to like, I don't know, run events or do things online or, you know, have some like some sort of like, you know, some sort of organization that we're trying to do or whatever. Um, So it's just kind of, I mean, it's like, what matters you know reminding us what really matters i guess in life has been like everyone's been going through that so yeah and like our community is awesome um i would say like 
more and more it's like I'm, I'm just I'm loving our MoGraph community and I'm less concerned about always creating super cool work and stuff because like the work matters I know our community forms around this formed around the work but I'm also like well you know I'm not as worried about super cool MoGraph stuff all the time how dare I say that I'm, I'm such an event like this but uh, you know it doesn't matter it's just animation and stuff you know it's just CG whatever no, it is good. I mean, it's, it's, it's an expression. It's, it's artistry. It's, it's like what comes out of our souls. It's how we do storytelling, all of that. But, you know, it's like not all there is to life. <laughs> I mean, I always say that, but, you know, it's like more and more. It's like, okay, it's a, it's a cool part of life. It's a cool job we have. But oh, my gosh. Like, we got to live, you know? Yeah, well, I'll tell you too, like the fact that we're getting through this crazy time and a lot of us are still able to work and get through certain projects. We have families or significant others or dogs or pet, whatever, like, you know, it, it's just been a whole new world. And like now I feel like we're kind of not on the other side at all, but we've kind of figured out how to make it work. <laughs> And with that being said, it like, it definitely just makes it a little bit less stressful for me. And like my kids now back in school for a bit. So it's like the days he's in school, I'm like, wow, I can be so efficient today. <laughs> I was about to say something that my son walked in, distracted me. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, oh yeah. So, uh, I'm totally in that boat right now too of just like working whatever hours. Um, but I think there's still like a little bit of a needing to keep people in check thing too. Like I, I've experienced it a little bit more than I've experienced it ever before where I won't hear back from someone or like they have lost track of something too. Like this one series, uh, I was talking to the producer and she was like, wait, that's, that's in this video. And I was like, yeah, that's in this video. She's like, Oh man, I've been, I've been referencing the wrong video for like the last day. I was like, okay. Like, so um, I'm trying to be a little bit more lenient as people are more lenient with me, but at the same time, like gotta still be professional too. Like if you don't respond to somebody in 24 hours, cool. That's okay. I'm okay with that. But beyond that and if you start like losing track of things too like uh, <laughs> that's that's where it gets iffy again so yeah i feel like um yeah now everyone I, I so what's funny is like in a sense this is like a lot of the world just understanding what we deal with like those of us that work from home have always worked from home or worked remotely or been freelance for a while and now other people are like oh man just you know, trying to get used to this crazy, you know, time working from home. And I'm like, well, I've been doing this for years. So I'm sorry, you gotta, you gotta catch up in like, if you're gonna be on this project, you know? So there's a little bit of that, right? Like being lenient, but also being like, well, you know, like we all have to do with this. I don't know, we've been dealing with it. So I don't know. I guess it's like interesting that way too. It's like, wow, more people understand what, we, what we've been going through for years already, so. I, I would say, not to be like me, not like oh, now's your now's you know payback, but I don't know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Has anyone else in the group um, experienced 
things like this through, you know, kind of the shift to work from home if, if you were, you know, working in a studio or office beforehand? Feel free to unmute yourself and just drop in if you want to chime in. I have to do the calling on people thing. All right. Let. Let's do. Let's do Lucas. You got your mic. Are you able to chat? I do. I yeah. do. Have my mic. How's things for you? What's What's this year been like? <laughs> Summer, even. Um. So it's actually been kind of crazy. Um. So February, I started a full time gig at a, a mobile game developers part of their marketing team. And so that was February, March, you know, mid-March, we hit COVID, went, everybody went home. Uh, beginning of April, we were bought by a, by a uh, performance marketing company. Um, so I changed teams completely in the middle of all of this. Um, all of my management, my creative director, my art director, my senior people were all let go. So it was basically just the video producers, motion designers. Um, that's really all that was left. And then we got absorbed by the marketing team. And then we were expected to do marketing videos based on their cadence, um, which was, which is still fucking insane. I'm sorry. Um, we produce one to two videos a week that's animated. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it's been ridiculous. So my, like, the type of games that we produce um, weren't like, all right, so I'll rewind. The The company does more like hyper casual, like just really stupid bullshit games. I would never have joined this company. Um, but just because of what's happening in the world, I'm not looking to change jobs right now. And uh so we came on as as a team that would that had a lot of expertise in creating more like you know a little bit more hardcore gaming type games not they're not really hardcore but i mean but still um we we came in and like our timelines are easily 2x like what the, what they're used to but the thing is is that because it's performance marketing it's all data driven like the ads only live in the space for hours if, you know, tops a day before they're like, okay, this is pulled. So two weeks worth of work for, you know, a couple hours inside of a market without generating any revenue for the company, like, doesn't make sense. So we've been doing this like massive adjustment on how we create what we create um, without management to help sort of buffer between like new management, our team, you know, our skill sets and, I don't know it, it's it's really been kind of crazy. Um, they've been pretty lenient in terms of like you know pushing things a day or two or whatever. Because um, I mean, the you know putting an ad out into the market, the due date is pretty arbitrary. But um, but it's still like an expectation based on you know like you're getting paid to do these things, so expect you to do them. Um, I don't know. It's been kind of hard. Um, cause I've basically come to the point where I've accepted that I'm not going to do anything that is going to be like highly creatively fulfilling or technically challenging. So I'm just, I'm basically using the tricks that I know and just 
just the basics just to make stuff, you know, and get it out. Um, that's it. Like, and so now I'm like at this point where, all right, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Cause, uh, I want to do more, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, like what, like I'm, I'm inspired by everybody, right? Like it's so easy to, to hit the, hit the feed and be like, Oh, that 2d is great. Oh, that 3d is great. Or that sketch is amazing. Or that, you know, like the amount of content that we just are faced with on a day to day, it's hard to just sit back and be like, I really want to do this thing. So I don't know where I'm going. I know that I'm doing the minimal effort and now I'm just trying to, I don't know, survive mentally. Uh, I think my shift has been more like in terms of started reading again, which is amazing. Um, you know, started exercising at home, like those types of things where it's like more self care instead of career driven, you know, goals, that type of thing. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Anyone else want to chime in with how things are going for them? How about you, Elizabeth? How have you been doing? It's been a while. Hey there, I found my mute button. Hi. Um, hey, Lucas, I know we don't know each other, but I wanted to ask you um, about the um, production value that you're putting into the work, because have you found that the results are proportional to production value or is it kind of opposite? Cause I remember there was a talk from Barton Damer, I think at camp where he was talking about, um, there is this uh, outfit that was just above his uh, offices and he was think saying, oh, and they've really cracked the code because the less production value they put into the ads, the more successful they are. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but has that something that you've been finding Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. The, the reality is, is that like um, the, the type of marketing that we're doing and the demographics that we're hitting, um, you gotta like, I mean, it's, it's a big spread, but the, the more basic that you're making these things, the more you simplify like what the visual is and what, like how you're targeting people, the more likely you're going to get that impression and that click through. Um, you know, so when we're sitting here like polishing 3D and, you know, rendering Redshift for dozens of hours a day and then, you know, we throw that out into the wild and three hours later, we're like, yeah, that didn't perform next. It's super defeating. Like, right. So, and then you throw out like just this total pile of garbage, uh, <laughs> you know, that somebody made in a couple days you know, scrapping a couple things together and it's the highest performing ad that we've ever created for something. It's like, this is so stupid. Like, what am I doing? You know, so we like, luckily we have access to all of the data, the analytics, the, like just the performance marketing. Um, so we're able to pivot, but creatively as an artist, like that's not fun. It's, it's really not fun. So I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Rewinding, trying to find like, new ways to find inspiration for myself and what that means and yeah. Cool. Yeah, Thanks I kind of feel like if you push through that, Lucas, like I think there's some nice stuff on the other end once like 
it's always hard to go through it. Right. And you're like, fuck, fuck, like, Oh, this sucks or whatever. But like the perseverance. And if you get through it, I feel like you, once you make it to the other side, you're like, all right, cool. Now I know how to like push through like shitty ass times or, you know, a bad project or whatever. Like, I feel like there's always residual value that comes out of these like kind of tougher times. Right. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm definitely on the other end of like, Cause it was, it was a few months of like going through quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure I had a mental breakdown at some point. Um, so surviving through all of it, like I'm on the other end, I'm kind of at the plateau. I'm like, all right, well now where am I going? What do I want? Like, what's, what's my next journey? Like, where's my next quest, right? Where's the NPC that I got to get my quest for? Um, what does that look like? What am I seeking? So it's a lot of like, it's a lot of really good things for me because I don't have to work as hard, right? So I'm working six hours instead of 10 to 12 hours a day, which is quite a bit of time just back into my hands because I'm not forcing myself to make stuff that's totally not going to perform. And I know it's not going to perform. I, I, I see the data and that's fine. Um, so like going into that whole acceptance has been really good. Um, but now it's like finding the strengths that I want to build up, you know, what, what muscles do I want to train? Um, you know, what, what actually interests me because it can't be everything. <laughs> so I don't, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm more looking forward to, to where I'm going, but just taking my time with it right now. Cool. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Uh, just to, um, we'd love yeah. to hear what you've been up to. Well, uh, you know, so um, I'm at a stage where uh, I've had just just before June, um, I actually put a lid on a, a few things, personal projects that I, I decided were um, not right for uh, my lifestyle right now. And um, I've been on this sort of train where it almost has to not matter. And then I will fall in love with it and do it well. Right. So I've been doing these really tiny things that don't matter at all. And like um, uh, having a great time using that as a platform for exploring new tools. And um, a lot of times, I guess my hope is that I'll just get faster and faster and faster. And that's kind of where I am. But um, but yeah, I haven't been able to pick up anything larger than a one day uh, one day attention span type projects. Um, just because I think each day seems like it brings its own set of rules emotionally. And uh, so there's that piece. Um, and then also connected to, um, I don't know whether anyone saw my post on, um, there was a very kind, um, so Bart Brinkman, who uh, actually was speaking on the 3D motion design tour that was last week, he put out a benchmarking spreadsheet for X particles where you put your machine specs and then you download your scene files and you see how fast your machine was. And um, I just was so grateful for that because it felt like it just opened up my eyes to exactly how fast my machine is and what I should be expecting out of it and why I've been having such trouble with X particles. Um, I've been loving it and hating it and loving it and hating it. And, uh, so uh, it gave me the confidence to go, you know what? Not the right tool for me, not yet, you know? And it's time to jump into fields and yeah, it's not as easy to use, 
no question. It's just not as easy, but it will work, right? So <laughs> this is the kind of thing to be, you know, I mean, it'll work in meaning you don't have to put your computer into, like it was X particles was just like gambling. You're gambling with your time where you set something up and it just has to work the first time because you're going to put a 24 hour render into it. And that's not collaborative, right? So that's what I mean by it'll work. So um, yeah, it's been an interesting ride, but um, yeah, just thinking super small and just doing, you know, like yesterday I did, it's not an animation, but I'll stop my video here for a second. I did this little, you know, smear frame animation um, for uh, <laughs> exiting a Zoom room <laughs> before I realized that they don't animate GIFs. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> this is my life now. <laughs> anyway. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that I would imagine all of us are guilty of, of like, oh, this plugin looks so sick. I, I got to use it. I got to use it. And then, yeah, there's an easier way <laughs> just to do it with like standard flavor cinema. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Well, while we're kind of at it, uh, Austin, I don't know if you have a mic or not, but uh, welcome to the party. You want to talk a little bit? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I've been to a few of these meetings. I just, this is the first time I've got a camera. So, awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining. Yeah. Um, I saw in the comments, uh, Michael said something that he said, in some ways, 2020 has been a coast year where finding new hobbies and passions has been refreshing. And I really connect with that idea um, because since lockdown happened and we all started working remote, my full-time gig has kind of swapped into a uh, results-based sort of thing. So it's kind of like as long as you get what you need to get done, done in the time frame we have, then, you know, whatever. Whereas before this, I was having to be in the office from this set hour to this set hour. And if I wasn't working on work stuff, then it was like, what are you doing? So I feel like I've gotten a little bit more downtime to watch tutorials, try out new things, um, work on things that interest me personally. Um, and so I've kind of made the soft goal of trying to get out of a reel by the end of the year, because I don't have a updated reel yet. But I don't know, it's been, I've been trying to take, you know, the good things trying to find the good things where I can and move forward with that. So, um, and I have two roommates here and so we've kind of kept each other sane, which has been nice. Uh, but you all, you guys do like motion graphics and animation stuff. No, I'm actually the only one. Um, oh, cool. yeah. So, but it's, it's nice to connect with everybody via zoom and these different events that happen for sure. So mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing, man. Thanks for yeah. joining. Um, I was also going to say, just kind of referring back to what Elizabeth was saying and even Lucas, just it seems like this year, well, especially over this past summer, like I've really tried to like, yeah, step away from my machine a little bit. Like I built like the tree fort. I built I've been doing stuff around my house, building things. And it's been so kind of like refreshing to be creative in other ways like that. And like, 
Like I went to the, the, the hardware store and rented like a plate compactor and did all this like gravel work around my house. Like, I don't know how to do that, but it was kind of fun trying to figure it out. You know, <laughs> and like it was just a different way of like creating and building something. And, and I don't know, I really feel like um, times like that have like really allowed me to come back into work per se and like look at it in a different lens or even if I'm out doing that, I'm thinking about something here and I might come up, you know, we, we've said it time and time again about just getting outside. It's really helpful from instead of sitting in front of your screen all day. Um, and I just feel like over the summer and this whole COVID curveball has really like just allowed me and given me time to like explore those things, you know? And, uh, so I'm, I'm happy that we're, I, I don't know been able to try to maximize that, I guess. But I got to find some crafts to get back into, but like I was getting back into cycling, which has been super fun, but you know, the West coast is on fire. So (laughs) I haven't been going outside at all. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Outside is a privilege. (laughs) Yeah, it it really is. Yeah. I miss the blue sky. Are Are you in California? Yeah. I'm in the Bay area. So okay. not quite as bad as other parts, um, but yeah. Anastasia or Anastasia said in the chat that <laughs> do the fires make West Coast people rethink their location? Yeah, Anastasia, uh, yes, absolutely. But my wife, um, my wife is the teacher here, and my kids, uh, teen. So like we plan on staying here until she gets through high school. Um, Cause if it were up to me, I'd be out, I'd be gone. I'd be in some Nordic country, you know, with a farm, not doing anything related to being inside. <laughs> um, just going through here too. I don't know, Sarah, do you have a mic? Do you want to chime in? I do, me Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, I have a mic. I'm new. I haven't come to any of these meetings awesome. before. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining. Thanks. I think I tried to come to one like maybe a year or two ago and my, my camera didn't work, so I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We've, I'm, I'm not in California, but I'm in Colorado and we've had a bit of a roller coaster too with fires and labor day weekend it was so orange and smoky it was like the kind of blade runner look that everybody in california has now and uh then the tuesday after labor day it snowed a foot so you know crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my 2020 it's just like <laughs> my 2020 is just like this it's like everything's gonna be fine no it's not everything's gonna be fine no it's not so um, it's been okay though, you know, I'm really busy with work, work right now. So I'm having to maybe prioritize, like I had started doing some of that, you know, the stuff we all do like personal projects and I'm going to, you know, work on my client processes and, and all that stuff. And I started a bunch of that stuff and now I'm too busy to do most of it. So I need to like take some time this week to reprioritize like what, what can I let go for now and what can I keep? So we'll see. And have you, are you, are you a freelancer or do you work for a studio or? No, I'm freelance. I'm remote free. I've actually been remote freelance for a really long time since 2007. Oh, wow. Because, nice. I, 
because I've lived in Colorado and there's yeah. like, I worked for agencies here for five years, seven years, seven years in agencies. And then I like, there just aren't, there weren't any more agencies to work for. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been freelance for a really long time. So yeah, the, the remote thing is not an adjustment for me. I'm just, I've gotten a little better at it maybe, or mm-hmm. maybe it's just the same. So oh, yeah, wow. just chilling out remote freelancing from a little town. Nice. Where are you in Colorado? I'm in Fort Collins. It's a little college yeah. town about an hour north of Denver. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> no, we really hope that this new time is going to open it up for people. I mean, our previous time was 10 a.m. Eastern. So that was definitely an early call for West Coast people or, you know, I mean, we are a global community, so there's never the perfect time for everybody, but hopefully this will allow um, some more people to, to jump on. Um, let's see. Anyone, anyone else have anything you, you want to share or any questions or like shit you're going through that you just need to vent or you don't know how to deal with and anything? We could be I had, a, a I had a little change in my life. Yeah, um, go ahead. So uh, last week I was actually laid off from my oh. job. So I'm trying to go freelance now. Right on. I was working in, um, working in local news and I didn't really like it to begin with. So I guess it's kind of fine. <laughs> yeah. What, what were you doing at the news station? Uh, well, I was a graphic designer and... Um, I mean, silly me, I thought I was going to be doing more animations, but I wasn't. And, you know, I'm a motion graphic designer, not a graphic designer. So, <laughs> so you're in a, a, a new world, essentially, right now. Kind what of. are you like? Have you freelanced before? Have you done side gigs or anything like that? Um, I've only done like little things for people I know. I haven't done like for clients and stuff. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, this community right here, most people that are on, you know, like on the Slack and on these meetings, like I I don't want to necessarily speak for everyone, but I haven't really met anyone that's a complete jerk. (laughs) There are some people, no, I'm joking. Uh, But like, I, I think you have a huge sounding board for people right here, you know, and for any questions you have, Um, you're not the only one or the first one to go through this. So if you have questions as things progress, I would say reach out to anyone on this Slack. Um, and I'm sure we would all be more than willing to answer your questions to the best of our abilities. But man, I mean, that's, that shakes up your world quite a bit, huh? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I've been working from home since March, so it's, almost not a change other than I don't have to get up at two in the morning every day now. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. I think you're going to like the, the life work balance maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, well, if you have, 
if you have a website or a reel or anything that you want us to share, we can put it in kind of our show notes and stuff um, and give you a little, you know, shout out there if, if you're looking for projects or, or work or whatnot. Um, we'll, we'll post that for you for sure. Sure. I'll share it. Thank you. Um, I think that's an, did you see the question from Anastasia? I, I'm just seeing it right now. Yeah. So in the chat, she was saying how Andrew Amberary was saying that he finds this work life unsustainable. Um, how many more people feel like it's unsustainable for them? Um, it's interesting. I feel the opposite, really, where like where I was working before and a couple of the places I worked while freelancing like on longer term contracts like that feels unsustainable to me at least where i'm at in my life like got two kids another on the way married mortgage and everything so i'm like locked down and doing an hour two hour commute every day to a place and then working 16 hours sometimes especially like bigger agencies that are expecting you to just work late and late and late. Um, that just like, that was killing me. <laughs> so well, I have a resounding fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that, I, I think it's just organization and personality a little bit for this kind of lifestyle. Like you just gotta be organized and I, I make notes to myself all the time and like try and sit down and reflect every morning about what I need to do. Did I accomplish things yesterday? Go back through my notebook. Like I always have a notebook on, on the counter or desk. And I've talked about this before on the call, but uh, I think for like people, if they're, if they're not organized in general, then it's going to be really hard for them. But Anastasia, do you have your mic? I just saw you, you lit up. You want to jump in? Get in here, okay. <laughs> so question, uh, so you mentioned 16 hours. That was when you were still freelancing? Um, yeah, I worked for an agency for a little bit that- um, As a freelancer? Yeah, I was booked there for like a month and a half and it was about an hour commute and then I'd be there for almost 16 hours some days. And so you're saying that during freelancing, you made the transition to, I guess, um, like away from having that as your primary client to taking uh, on other work? No, that wasn't a primary client. That was just somebody oh. I picked up. But like when I worked full time, it was very similar where I'd have, so where I live, I live about 30 minutes north of Baltimore and I'd commute down to like the DC area. And that commute is about an hour and a half on a good day. Um, so with that commute and then working about like 12 hours, I'd be putting in like 16 hour days, like hour and a half, two hours commute both ways. So there's four hours there and then plus another 12 hours at work, you know, um, and then a couple of agencies I freelance with where like their lifestyle is to work long 16 hour days and like do, do everything in their power to never say no to the client. Like it's just, you just work. Interesting. And so you feel that right now where you are at is actually like, especially re relative to what it was right now, you feel that you're in a place that feels sustainable to you. Oh yeah. 
Like in in that like in the space that you're in now, do you feel like in order to achieve that, you've had to like a big part of that um, has a big part of that been learning to say no to certain things, to certain yeah. projects, turning yeah, them I think, down. I think it's like a no thing, a, like an organizational thing too, and just like knowing yourself, like. <gasps> It's it's so much easier to bite off more than you can chew because the number looks great. It's like I, I'm yes. gonna do it. Yeah. I just avoided this problem, but a, a part of me felt like I could have um, really benefited from that project that I turned down if I had already a built-in capacity for hiring other people. And is that something that you currently have in your business? Yeah, I mean- And I, you use it often? Uh, depends on the project and like what the needs are of the project um, or if I even like the project. So like for me now, I will take on projects that aren't necessarily enjoyable to me and I'd rather project manage that and outsource it to people if possible. Yeah. Um, and that way I can still make money, but not do things that I don't like. Um, yeah. And I had like a, a similar situation where I was like, okay, this will be the perfect opportunity to get in and try to do this, like not by myself, but instead really uh, get someone that I can rely on to help me with the production side of things so that since my plate is like busy with attending to other ongoing projects where I can still, you know, bill for my time on this, but it will be more maybe for producing or jumping into help wherever, whenever I can. But mm -hmm. then what happened in that scenario is I realized like, okay, I need to actually then commit to this client, to this agency client to say, yes, I can take this on. But for me to be able to do that, the person that I'm thinking of for it, I'm going to have to like really make sure that they have the, the time, you know, to, to actually the time that this project might require. And, it, and then I found myself like, oh, like, I don't know if I can actually get that full commitment from them because they have also other things going on, you know, in the background. And that made me think like, okay, I will probably need to turn this down. And the only way where I can see this feeling less risky is if I actually had someone employed under me to where like I know they will have availability or I guess I literally just book someone from for a stretch of time and it's just anyway that wasn't anything I've really done before so I was like oh like it was just so frustrating to feel like I had to turn it down even though somebody else with my capabilities would have been able to take it on you know yeah I mean I think my mentality, and I don't, I don't know if everybody shares this, but when I tell someone that I have four days available or three days available, 99% of the time, I am guaranteeing that day to the client or whoever's booking me. Um, I I almost never try to double book time. Like I, I'm double booked right now just because I know how the rest of my year is going to turn out where mm. I'm not going to be able to work past like the middle of October. So I'll just double book myself and have a few weeks of hell and just deal with it. Um, and by that, you mean you really, you try to have only one project going at the same time at a time? Unless I'm on like a project rate, um, then yeah, I try to only do one project at a time. Just, 
just for my own sanity of scheduling things, it's much easier to say to somebody, hey, if you need to hold me for four days or book me for four days, those four days are locked. And like, that's that. And then but the like, and an agency will actually, they will be like, okay, we will book you for those four days, even though they might not be sure they will need you for those four days. Uh, yeah, I, I generally will reach out to a client. Let's say I'm supposed to start on Monday. I'll try and reach out like Wednesday or Thursday the week before and get a confirmation of that booking. Um, just because it, for me, if, if they haven't booked by that point, they're not going to book. Like, I, yeah. I, like, I can't have that uncertainty. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause like for, in my case, it was like, well, okay, this client doesn't really know when they will start needing me or for how many days. Anyway. All right. That was really yeah. helpful. Thank I you think that's where sure. like project rates are really good and like, I, I generally this year have, I think, I think I've only worked on project rates and it's kind of been nice because of COVID and what we've been talking about where like we need this flexibility and we don't know how things are going on, especially like if you're dealing with somebody that has kids and they're in school or like partially in school or all online and their kids need help and so their hours are all off. Um, that's where project rates come in play where it's like, all right, we have this money guaranteed for this. As long as the job gets done, who cares? You know, like as long as you're hitting your mark and you have your milestones and like say by the end of week two, you're supposed to deliver storyboards and you deliver those storyboards, then you're doing your job. Um, and that's way harder to do if people want to book you per day, you know, like it's just like, I don't know how long these storyboards might take me. It might take me a week, but if we decide that we want more characters, then it might take me a week and a half. But if we book per project, I guarantee I'm going to get it done, you know, and so. And when you or other people, if anybody wants to chime in, when you hire, like, somebody else to help you, I know this is so case-dependent, like, with your relationship with that other freelancer, but do you um, find yourself gravitating towards uh, it feeling more comfortable hiring other people by day rate or also by like results based? Both. It depends on the project. A lot of times, like if I know that I'm going to have a small little 15 second thing that I don't want to do, then sure. Like, let's just do a day rate and see where that's going to go. Um, if it's a bigger project, then Yes, I, I think it's better to hire somebody at a project rate as well. Um, just so you're both on the same page about when deliverables are and that timeline is really solidified. Does that make sense? I've had the exact opposite with project rates. <laughs> Somebody's joining. Oh, Nick, it's you. You're yeah. very quiet. Oh, really? Here. Yeah. That should be better. There you go. That's a lot better. Yeah, I've had the opposite with uh, project rates and I usually never take them. Uh, like I've had studios taking advantage of that saying, Oh, we paid for a project rate so you can work every weekend. Right? Like, no, that's, that's not exactly how we <laughs> do things, you know, and then just adding in more and more deliverables. And, uh, I find with project rates, like scope creep is just guaranteed. Um, yeah. so I, I generally never take a project rate. 
I think that's just all about like but it, contracts. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've even signed contracts and then at the end they're like, oh, well, this is the situation now. Sorry. You know? Um, yeah. I, I like, I, I think that's just like a lot of being strong willed, mm-hmm. but like with those situations and like, sometimes it's just business and you kind of need to be a little bit of an ass <laughs> a bit like, totally. you know, like you just got to push back and be like, I'm not doing that. And like stand your ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't run into project rates very often with studios here in LA, but um, yeah, it has happened before. And every single time it's, it's just turned out sour, you know? Yeah. I think like, if I were to work like with a studio or agency or whatever, on, like coming in as an artist on a project, mm-hmm. I would 100% due day rate. But if that studio is like, hey, Mark, or hey, Nick, like we need you to take this project from, you know, through completion, then that to me would be a little bit more of a, of a project rate. But at the same time, I, I totally agree with you on the scope creep because that's happened to me not only scope creep but um project timeline creep in a way too i've had one project that literally has been going on for a year so how do you get paid on that you know it's so i've i do 50 percent up front before i even Mm -hmm. touch the project then i've added in a a 25 percent milestone payment and then 25 percent after completion but I had a straight up conversation with the, with the producer. I was like, Hey, so we're way beyond the original scope of this in terms of timeline and whatnot. Like, here's my final invoice. I need it paid. And they paid it. Right. So like, I like, honestly, like I'm good. I'm going to finish, I'll finish the project obviously. But like, because we're, we're literally just waiting on footage that someone had shot and we're still waiting and they're trying to get a hold of it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cool, not my problem that you guys don't have your shit together. Like, here's my final yeah. invoice. We're already beyond, you know, but even, even when we get to deliverables, like a lot of the stuff that I do will get briefed in and they're like, cool, we know we need, you know, four still renders and we also need, you know, a 32nd spot. Okay, great. As that's finishing up, they're like, cool. Well, our social team needs, needs like a, a Instagram story. We need uh, like a Twitter GIF. We need whatever. And it's like, cool. All right. That was not part of the original scope. So either that's like an addendum to the thing, uh, to the invoice, or depending on the client, like if it's a good client and whatnot, like I'll do a solid sometimes. But yeah. at the same time, like, a lot of people think, oh, cool. Like it's just the cut down, right? It's just, you just need to reframe it. Right. It's like, actually, no, I have to re-render everything. I have to reframe the cameras and all that. Like, it's not just like a magic button, which if anyone can make that, please do and <laughs> let me know and I'll buy it. Uh, but yeah, it, on it. you know, it's just one of those things where like, a lot of the clients don't really know what that final deliverable is going to look like. They just know that they need a 30 second spot. Right. And then they need everything else that goes along with it. So I think just over time, that's part of my like original kind of kickoff questions is like, cool. What are the deliverables? Oh, it's a 30 second spot. Do you think you'll need social cut downs? Most people do, you know? So like, 
try to guide it that way. But I totally hear you on the scope creep and all that. And honestly, even with contracts and stuff, I'm terrible at enforcing them. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to lead the client in terms of what they will need because they, they actually don't know what they need most of the time. Um, right. They'll just say, I and want this like- video, it's 30 seconds. And they don't, they have no idea what that entails and what kind of stress it actually takes to be able to create that asset. And then on the back end, they're like, oh, let's just cut it down. They really have no idea. So educating them in the front end is really helpful. Um, and especially during like storyboarding process, like knowing what it's going to take to create the assets and re like asking the question, are you sure you, you don't need a 15 a social or whatever inside of this thing? So that way we can make sure we do everything in the front, you know, mm-hmm. just doing it at, at the back end and then trying to, they'll just try and squeeze you for everything and it's not fun. Oh yeah. And you're like client's client doesn't know what they want or need or the requirements of the job. Exactly. I just find if you're doing a day rate, then you don't have to have those conversations, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it just makes it a little bit less stressful, but yeah, I mean, you know, however it like- works out. Yeah. I think the project rate stuff is definitely more like kind of here. I say like, running a business in a way whereas like mm-hmm. a day rate could be more of like you're a hired artist type person um i don't know well this also made me think because like i the kind of situation i've been referencing and maybe i've talked about it already on slack but like this agency was trying to hire me for like basically to take on this full scope that they would be you know still producing and so because the scope was so unclear uh i was like okay well we can do this, but it's going to, you know, have this big range uh, for toward the de- uh, based on the deadline. Um, or if you want, you could hire me by the day because you're still going to have somebody from your team who's going to be like also, you know, are directing it or whatever. So it would be cheaper for you to hire me by the day. And what that would have done for me is kind of like um, what in my mind is um, helped me manage the risk a, a bit more versus kind of like giving them an estimate and it's signing up to do something for which the scope wasn't uh, very well defined. Um, and even though there was like a, you know, a big probably like um, uh, margin there for me, but I was still like, okay, not having the exact, uh, not having the, the scope worked out. I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm letting there be room for failure where, I don't want to take that on. And, but interestingly, they didn't end up being interested in hiring me on a day rate. And it kind of made me wonder why, because it would have been so much cheaper for them. And I think I, in my mind, I'm thinking it was because they were kind of maybe trying to, uh, maybe they were thinking to like just shift that responsibility of risk onto me. I don't know. Anyway, that's just in my head. Some thoughts. Well, you might look at it like, oh, it's cheaper for them to hire me day rate, but then they're probably thinking, so we have no idea what we want or need and like, who knows how long this could go for. So, you know, and so I would assume also companies, if you're like, hey, it's going to cost you five grand, cool, like they can budget that in. But like the day rate with kind of an open-ended scope, like it could be a thousand dollars, it could be $50,000, who knows, you know? that would be kind of my take of why maybe they were not jumping on your day rate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, my day rate is also 50 grand. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I kind of see, like, 
I, I've been seeing it more from both sides lately. Um, just because I like, I've kind of been on the fence about hiring an employee, knowing how much I've paid out this year for projects. I'm like, holy shit! Like, if I had an employee, then <laughs> yeah, lucky hire zero. Um, if I had an employee, basically what I've paid out to freelancers this year would have covered a good portion of their salary, if not all of their salary, depending on how, like they're part-time versus full-time. Um, but then I'm like, well, it's not always this way. You know, like sometimes I'm, I'm slower or like sometimes I can just handle the work and things like that. And if I bring somebody on, then they're slow. So I kind of understand a little bit more of the agency side where like, oh, we don't really know what it's exactly going to be or what's happening yet. So just like that balancing act. Um, but at the same time, I, like, I just like profit margins are so much better for projects for me. Um, as long as like the things we've talked about are, are kind of under control and you're, you're wrangling them in with scope creep and things like that, or you have fees or things to go along with that. If it does happen. What is stopping you from hiring someone? At the moment, time, I just like, I've been so busy that I haven't really had a chance to like plan it out as well as I want to. But um, will that time ever come where you have, you know, what, where you can take downtime to figure those things out? Yes, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully in the next like few weeks here. Um, yeah, because my wife is due with our third child in six weeks and then I'm pretty much taking the rest of the year off. Um, GG. So, gonna hopefully reevaluate <laughs> re everything that's going on in that time frame. What's up, Mashby? See that hand raised. Um, I was just gonna throw in an extra wrench into your work calculations here, because in terms of hiring freelancers versus hiring an employee, uh, you should also be considered that the freelancers that you hired had a range of expertise whereas an employee is going to be a lot more narrow. It's actually like something I'm really dealing with is I'm, I kind of consider myself a, like an all right generalist. Like I, I can handle most projects that are thrown at me, but it's kind of hard to find someone like that. Like it's either they are strictly 2d and want to do like explainery school of motion type graphics or they're strictly 3d and like when you go that extreme photo real route and there isn't someone who's kind of in between where it's just like all right yeah like i can probably figure this out like I, I don't really have a great idea but i've worked on something similar to this before so i can figure it out um so that that's a real hard consideration right now. Like if I hire someone and they're mostly 2D and I don't have any 2D work coming in, then I'm just throwing money at them for no reason. If I hire a 3D person and, you know, we're doing more stylized 3D or like more 2D style work, then I'm just losing money at that. And so like, it's definitely a hard, hard game. It's like, maybe I need to hire two people when that's more like 2D and more 3D and like they're both part-time. It's, it's a lot of mental agony at the moment. <laughs> I've definitely talked with Well, and that's kind of like going back to my sort of original thing of like sustainability is like when you feel like you are 
just working around the clock, that starts feeling unsustainable because you're like, I'm, you know, kind of losing money on some stuff and having to turn down work that maybe I don't want to or something. I don't know. That, anyway. I think this, this actually brings us to our yearly section of what Barton Damer says <laughs> of if you find yourself too busy and stressed and overworked, raise your rates. <laughs> that way you don't have to take on as many projects. And you know, if you are getting into that scenario of like just too much going on, stuff coming at you at all angles, yeah, raise your rates so you don't burn out and you don't go insane. And if people don't want to pay it, cool. Sounds like you have another one waiting in the wings or, you know, um, I, I honestly think that is the best way to combat the burnout and overworking is raise your rates and take on less. I was actually wondering, um, like Andrew's whole comment about burnout, um, or just this not being sustainable. I wonder if it's in terms of the way that technology is advancing and the amount of like consistent learning that we have to do to be able to, to like achieve the same things that we used to achieve or like how accessible things are getting and uh, like how much more technical we have to be to be able to like keep up with the industry. Like I wonder if it's not so much about how much time you are investing into creating something versus what it takes like in hardware and software to be able to do the things that we do know and the expectations that clients have behind that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Andrew's been a, like around for a long time. He used to run to these teams back when I was a flash animator. This guy's like, he's done so much in so many different spheres that like, I totally understand him from like a, I'm overloaded with like information kind of view just because there's so much that every couple of years you kind of have to redo your whole portfolio almost. Mm -hmm. Especially if you come from like Flash and old school stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely hard. Like Lucas, you were just saying like, there's almost sometimes these clients have these presumptions about what your role is with things too. And like, I recently got booked for a gig and the description was just, they needed some help with, C4D and Redshift. And I was like, all right, cool. Like that, that seems great. And I come onto the project, like, well, we need like this water sim doing this stuff and like all this. And I'm like, that's, that's more than a C4D Redshift artist. <laughs> it's more than just generalized 3D stuff. Um, and the project's turned out great and it's awesome. I've really enjoyed working on it, but it just it, it's getting to the point now where people just make these assumptions that if you say you know C4D, okay, you, you probably know X particles or like you know something as a supplement and we can knock out simulations and particles and all this. And yeah, like Jeff was saying, like there's, there's not enough time to learn everything anymore. And like, that's why I've pivoted mostly like away from cinema now. Like I, I am basically a Houdini person going forward. And if I need cinema work, then I'll help people or I'll have people help me and I'll hire out for that. Like I, I definitely have gotten to that point and maybe this is like where Andrew is at too, where like I can't do everything. And like, I've, I've just, I've accepted that and that's where I just hire out for it or I don't like everything. And 
I shouldn't be doing the work I don't like because it's going to turn out shitty. <laughs> I don't want to hand off shitty projects to clients. Yeah, I wonder too, like now that cinema and like, you know, After Effects, a lot of these software names are now household names, right? Like even if you're an art director, you might have never opened Cinema 4D, but you know that you need to go hire someone for cinema and can render an octane, right? Like, it's almost like buzzwords now. So yeah. cool. We need a cinema guy to come on and all right, cool. Or, or gal, you know, and, or whoever. And uh, we need you to, to do this smoke sim because you can do that. Right. And, and we need you to do this flute. Like, I just feel like C4D or cinema 4D is just kind of like a blanket term now for like, 3d person yeah like c4d equals man versus machine no yeah <laughs> well that's the some of the best emails that i've sent are like cool thanks for the reference did you see the team that has worked on that like there's 30 names on that roster and you want me to do it for five thousand dollars in two weeks like yeah good luck you know um but yeah i, I don't know i i just i almost feel like I think this also kind of goes down like a, a, a business road a little bit is like the whole positioning. Like it's, it's been so good to be a generalist, right? But now there's, there are a lot of quote unquote generalists and like, how do you a stand out in that? How do you focus on the work you want to do? So like maybe just animation generalist isn't necessarily like the best title anymore. Maybe it's 3d generalist or, like um, explainer video specialist, or like something where you can actually drill down to do the work you want to do. That way you're not getting peppered with all these other requests that are kind of stressing you out. You're wondering, should I take them on? Should I not? It's not really what I want to do, yada, yada. Um, and obviously that's easier said than done, especially if money is needed at the time. But um, I think if you're just literally down to take on any animation project and just figure it out like it's probably not the best way to do it and also i think it's a certainly a way to stress yourself out and just get overwhelmed yeah the whole like let's get everybody familiar with cinema 4d so they know what what it is and bring it mainstream i don't i don't think we thought this through all the way um you know all the art directors and creative directors that know the buzzwords now like they do assume that we could just do the thing. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm curious how we like reel this back in a bit because now Houdini's becoming more of a household name and like, how, how do Houdini guys feel about that? You know? Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, like as our industry is kind of evolving, it's always a shifting bar for entry to be considered an artist. Right. I guess it's to, finding like where that becomes unreasonable. Mm. Um, yeah. I think the market kind of decides that now. Right. Like eventually if they can't find someone to do the job, then the person who can do the job charges more money. I mean, that's just kind of how it's been. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So much comes down to who you can find that can do what kind of stuff. So, you know, if, I can find a whole team of Houdini people who are all charging a reasonable amount and can all like, you know, work with me on something. I'll just hire Houdini people, but usually it makes more sense to work with 
people in Maya or C40 because there's more people that you can find to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess it comes down to timeline a little bit too. Like how pressed are you to find these people? You know, because like you're just saying, those keywords, throw those out there, you're gonna find people now. Like that, that barrier to entry has been lowered by Maxon lowering their price, Maya lowering their price and having indie versions, Houdini doing the same thing. And so hopefully that means that there will be more people out there too. But it's also, like we're saying, it's, it's made it a household name where all these people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm dabbling in these things. And so it makes people feel more comfortable about asking for bigger requests for things that they normally wouldn't ask out of a single person. Um, yeah, well, I think it's getting even like it, it. It's ramping up even more now because like your traditional marketing plans and everything have been chucked out the window, you know. And so now you have creative directors, art directors, everyone like researching how do I do this and how, like oh we want to make these cool videos. And so they're like starting to research and find these little niches of animation or graphic design or whatever, you know. And yeah, easy to throw the buzzwords out without understanding really what it takes. And, you know, I'm all for that bar being lowered in terms of barrier to entry. Like it's great, more artists are getting involved and whatnot, but I think there is that fine balance of, especially with the freelance kind of mentality as well, that like, cool, I can take Cinemorph, I can't even talk, wow. C4D Basecamp, right? And be cool. Like I can take on cinema 4D jobs now, or, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It just seems like the, the, yeah, I think Mark, if I can add on to that, tack on to that a little bit, um, just cause you know how to use cinema that you took a base camp doesn't mean that you're good at it or proficient at it or can turn a project around in time. You know, like for example, Liam on a recent project, we had a thing where it was like the camera and I requested that, you know, I don't want a keyframe on every single frame of the camera keys. And when I requested, Hey, can you reduce these keyframes? They came back with, Oh, it's going to take us a long time. And then Liam and I literally figured out a workflow that took us, what, 10 minutes per keyframe to do it? Not, not even. It was like, not even. The, the, like, the whole thing took an hour. Like, there were probably yeah. 10 cameras. It took like five to 10 minutes per camera to work it out. And yeah, exactly. So, just because you know cinema doesn't mean that you know how to use it well or can turn around something that is required, you know, to be turned around in an hour or two. Yeah, yeah so that, really that, like, like, that level of experience comes into play as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. That makes it more val like back when freelance websites spawn in the first place, like in 2006, seven, eight, and there were like five jobs on them, and you started working. And back then it was like web dev or animation or whatever. And like slowly but surely, you got more and more people trying to join, and the average price got lower, and there were more options for people to go to. But I, my work didn't decrease in the slightest. In fact, people were like, "Are you available now? How about now?" Because like. The, the more that people were on the, those sites, the more people were advertising themselves. You kind of, the, people kind of realized that like it actually takes effort beyond knowing the software to do the work properly. 
and I don't see I don't I don't see anyone anything bad in like more people having access to software. In fact, it makes the people who are skilled in it more wanted because you can really stand out now. Yeah, and I I just want to clarify too my point if it came off a bit differently that I think it's great, but I also do think that they can add C4D to their LinkedIn profile and some art director might hit them up because now they have the buzzword or whatnot. And what you don't have is, okay, cool. You know how to go in and press some buttons, but you don't know how to project manage this. You don't know how to, you know, so like, I think that's like, what is this like kind of inflection point we're in right now is, is like people are searching for those terms. There's a lot of those terms showing up, but, are all those people perfectly or, you know, not perfectly, but somewhat qualified to handle that project that a art director may, you know, hit them up for or whatnot. And sure, it's all personal. And like that person might be like, oh yeah, I don't have the experience. But again, with more people working from home, going freelance and whatnot, like I just feel like more often than not, someone's gonna say like, yeah, I can do that. and figure it out like we all have done you know um and so there i guess what i'm trying to say is there there's a lot of good and bad things to it per se but when it comes down to it it's like outside of the tool it's, it's the project management it's how to problem solve it's client relations it's all that too you know mash big go I was basically just going to echo what Mark finished saying, which is, uh, you know, you don't you don't get rehired because you know how to use cinema. You get rehired because you delivered on time. You did it with minimal notes and minimal fuss. You did it with a nice file hierarchy, and um, you know you didn't give the producer or whatever any grief. That's that's why you retain clients. You don't, it, it, there's so much more to freelancing these days than uh, just jumping on Fiverr with uh, a student copy of cinema. <laughs> right. Well, and I also want to put this out there too, especially for you, Chelsea, and anyone else that is thinking about freelance or, you know, situations have shifted where you are, you know, kind of forced to be going in a certain lane that like freelancing obviously is not for everyone. You can always try it and you can always say, it's just not for me and, you know, keep on the job hunt or like, I don't know. I feel like the freelance life definitely is kind of celebrated in like in our industry and kind of promoted, like it's this great thing, but it does take a lot of work and it's a grind for a lot of us who have been doing it, you know? And so it's totally okay where if you try it out and you do one project or something, you're just like, fuck, that sucked. Like, there's no shame in that. There's plenty of people that, you know, would rather just have like an art director, creative director to work with. And you guys can just do some phenomenal work that way, you know? So um, don't feel like you need to fit in any sort of mold or, you know, like, this is what everyone's doing. So I should, I should force myself to do it. You know, I've, I've loved not being freelance. Um, obviously this job choice wasn't mine, but, uh, I still, i really like being a part of a team. I like, I like going into an office. I enjoy work hours. I, you know, the camaraderie inside of that working with a creative director, like 
I really enjoy that. And I, and I think it, it definitely doesn't get celebrated enough in this industry, but it's also very rare that you get full-time like motion designers in-house. Well, not so much anymore. It's, it's starting to become more prevalent. Like it's just animation is becoming so much more accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely try freelancing. If you don't like it, go back, you know, like it's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And go back and forth if you want to. Totally. <laughs> you can totally freelance for five years and then get tired of it and then go back to full time and get that camaraderie, get tired of it, go back to freelance. Like, who cares? <laughs> There's no right answer. Just do what you want to do. Speaking of uh, doing hybrid, uh, Liam, I know you're a fan, uh, as am I, of uh, Stephanie. Um, what's her last name? Stephanie Meyer? No, the. Twilight? Let's talk Twilight. No, I don't want to talk Twilight. No, no, no. The the designer on TikTok. The oh, Stephanie Fong. That's her. Um, I was. I'm on her Twitter too. I really gotta uh, lay off of Twitter, but uh, she was doing hybrid uh, in a house and uh, contract work, and I mean. Uh, I was just watching her journey. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, she was having a great time, but she's also 20, you know? Uh, (laughs) I don't think uh, full-time plus hybrid or plus uh, contract work is really going to work for, like, you with your uh, screaming baby here in a couple weeks. I think hybrid works, like, if you're part-time. Right. So... There's like no one size fits all is what I'm driving at. Yeah, I agree with you there. Like find the things that you really love to do in your career and steer yourself that way, you know, and, and let that also be like the way that you do your work, you know, find, find your, you know, your happy space. I agree with Jeff in the chat chiming in with, you know, missing guaranteed pay and benefits when you have a full-time gig versus freelance where you have to basically fend for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Then you, then the, uh, expectations, um, yeah, there's a little juggle there for sure. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I think it's a bit easier when you're at a studio to have that work-life balance. Whereas when it's freelance, it's like, okay, my work is my job. Like, am I living at work or am I, you know, working from home kind of thing? Well, also, I think the the toughest part about that stuff, too, is that we love this type of work for the most part, right? So, like, my work is also my hobby, and I also enjoy doing it, like, it's all, it all like just blends together, you know? Like, yeah, which is why it's much harder to keep that balance. <laughs> exactly. And it, yeah, again, you know, through the COVID summer, we've had like trying to build a deck, trying to like, just trying to just be outside of my comfort zone of like my office and screen and just, just stuff where like, you know, animation and video editing, like, I mean, I've been doing it as a quote unquote hobby since I was, I don't know, like, early high school years so that was like late 90s and like the fact that I could turn it into a job I'm like so excited about like it's it's a dream job really you know and um and now it's it's important for me to find other hobbies that are not necessarily this you know and whether that's 
you know, I've been trying to mountain bike as much as I, as I could this summer and just doing stuff around the house and learning how to run electrical wire, you know, like just stuff like that, you know, it's just, it's cool. Like something new, you know? Um, and I learned how to splice data wires. I know how oh, to, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Wire me up some 10 gig, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think it's just important for us. Uh, if you are at home all day and you are working and whatever, you know, maybe try to find something outside of what we do on our, on our every day. But, you know, it's all been said before. I don't want to, you know, keep repeating myself, but we're at an hour and a half for season one, season fuck, four, episode one. Uh, what do you think, Liam? Should we just, should we wrap it? That's a wrap on season six. <laughs> That's a wrap. We'll see I'm you guys next day. I'm glad y'all are back. I'm glad we're back. <laughs> yeah, same. Wait, what is very mashby? Steel copper wire construction sites. Hey, you weren't supposed to talk about that. <laughs> it's not stealing, they're condemned. Um well, this yeah. has actually been a phenomenal meeting. I'm so happy that everyone has tuned in and we've actually had quite a few participants dropping in and out of the meeting today. So I I kind of feel like this three PM time, Liam, is I, I really like that we started the call with like, if the meeting is only 20 minutes, only 20 minutes. Yeah. Let's go an hour and a half today. <laughs> Marathon. Yeah. We'll, we'll stream till next week. Yeah. Um, I just want to do a couple quick wrap up things. Yeah, of, like, let's do it. To reach us and like the new Patreon and stuff for people that join late. Um, one, thanks everybody who's ever joined us for these. It's awesome. If you want to hang out with us more, we're on the mograph.com Slack. We have a Monday meeting channel in there. Everybody's welcome to join us in there and keep the conversation going. If you are unfamiliar with the call and never been on before, we've been doing daily calls for a while. Um, they're free for this week going forward, um, but we just opened up a Patreon as well. If you do the extremely high amount of $2, you can keep coming to those calls as well starting next week. We're gonna have separate links for that stuff. Um, but the daily calls are just basically more of this, like hanging out, working, talking about things in the industry, putting your head down, working, coming back up, asking questions, being like, hey, how can I fix my After Effects crash? Why is my Redshift material not working? Things like that. Um, so if you miss that, if you've been working from home and you want to hang out with people, let us know and we can get you invited and all that. And then, as always, this call was recorded, so it will be posted in the next 24 to 48 hours on the website, which is mondaymeeting.org. And then social media is Monday Meeting as well, so you can find us there. Lucky, we're not doing push-ups again. We, we are so far behind that now. Oh, man, everyone's saying push-ups. Good time catch up. We did push-ups for a while and other daily exercises. Uh, if you guys have a Peloton, I'll, I'll ride a bike with you. No, no Ooh. Pelotons, no. But I've been considering getting one. I, no, I, don't I get a Peloton, just get an exercise bike and an iPad. I have yeah. a bike. It's so different. It's so different. It, you won't. You don't know until you try it. Uh, what about biking in the real world? Yeah, right? I do that too, but there's what is that? I can't do that now. <laughs> I mean, real, I play Tony Hawk, right? Does that count? Does that count as exercise? It counts. You're skateboarding. Yeah, skateboarding. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Totally counts. Here's another podcast talking about Peloton without uh, getting paid by them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wish. 
Totally. We, we really need to bump up that Patreon. We're going to get that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> bump it up so we can all afford Pelotons. Pelotons. Um, uh, yeah, but thanks, everybody. And I guess we'll see you next week or tomorrow if you join the Daily Call or we'll see you sometime soon. Yes, Pelicans, Penny. Pelicans. Pelicans. Yeah. You chase pelicans around. It's a great workout. That sounds fun. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining. We'll uh, see you next week.